like what you waiting on? Check, check, cause on your phone. This the Tony Sands show, turn your radio on. Kelsey just turned down like a field goal, so we in the zone. Got games like a stadium, I'ma go ahead and pack the dome. I'm cooler, smoother, make you think with your medulla. You a student, I'ma school you with the facts that I'm producing. This is for the high schoolers, college students, nah. Everyone can do it, do this, I ain't new to this. My style is rich, it's lucrative, maneuver through it. You know we fast, Shirley. You know it's so sensational, like my big homie Tony. Radio. Listen, we got another week, another Thursday night of the Tony Sand Show with my man D giving it to you. Listen, where he's at is cold. Where I'm at, we call it cold, but let's what? We're gonna make this show hot. We're gonna sizzle it. We're gonna give it to you. Listen, we're gonna bring tears to you. We're gonna bring disgust to you. Listen, all over the football landscape. We got Jeff Saturday on Sunday putting it in. Making some things to temperature in certain locker rooms, he's made hot. He's made hot. But like I say, we're talking about Jeff Saturday, who we thought about a you know a week ago. What was this hire? What kind of hire was it? Should have should have been a hire. And we found out Jeff Saturday was able to pull this team together. They didn't have as many penalties. The offensive line played at a high level played at a high level of football to make sure that Jeff Saturday and, and Bob, I, I guarantee you a lot of those players, as I stated last week, a lot of those players said, guess what? We're going to galvanize around this play because he was an ex player. And we're going to show people that we as players can coach this game also, because you know, sometimes we hear that, you know, great players doesn't, doesn't equate to great coaching. Deion Sanders has proven that, and I'm always going to go back to that. Now, in one short week, Jeff Saturday has proven that, or or are we just dealing with a quick fix? Can this happen for the long run? Is it an anomaly, or is it a new trend that's going on in the, in the direction people are trying to go? That's the question that remains to be seen. Listen, yes. got to give Jeff Saturday his props for winning this football game last week. I mean, a lot of people didn't expect them to win it. Team oh. really needed to be able to have uh, a, a turning moment in their season. Any the Colts have had a brutal season, one of the most disappointing sure. teams in the league, sure. if not the most disappointing team in the league. We got Matt Ryan had a coach. Frank Reich was there. Coach has yeah. been fired. Matt Ryan was benched. Offensive line has fell apart in, in, in disarray, unlike it's been in the last pre- previous years. Uh, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been consistently healthy. So they're trying to change things around. And now when yeah. you get Jeff Saturday coming in who says, listen, I don't know the plays. I don't know much, but I do know how organization is supposed to be run and how things are supposed to be put together. And Saturday came in and he basically rallied the troops. He organized it. And, and, and to his credit and his quote, he used the word, it was like watching an orchestra come together. But now can he, can, can but can this stand? The pressure. It's a week to week. Can it stay? 
it's a week to week process. I think right now, I think the rah 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 thing that he's doing and rallying the troops, I think it's good for right now. I think long term, I don't know if it's going to be a successful model. But long term. We talk about this higher for several reasons because the way it was done, how it was done, but will it withstand the test of time? We still got a lot of football to go here in the NFL, and we're going to find out as we talk about this later on in the show because there are organizations that have come out against this hire and have questioned this hire, but we'll talk about that later in the show. We're going to also talk about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Is Dak Prescott truly an elite quarterback in the NFL? We're going to dive into that a little bit. That's right. As people will say, we're trying to figure that question out because when we figure that question out, it dictates how far the Dallas Cowboys will go. But we also, I am in Orlando, Florida for the Florida Classic, HBCU, Bethune-Cookman, FAMU, one of the greatest classics here in the state of Florida uh, when it comes to great teams, two HBCU teams. Uh, that slug it out. Not only do they slug it out in football, they also be slug it out in the bands. And that's what, you know, the official brought me to. Technically, it wasn't so much the football at one point that brought me to the HBCU game. It was the bands that brought me to the HBCU games because I always, I kept saying to myself, why is it that people leave when the game going, but they crowd the stadium when the bands are playing? But now that's slowly starting to change. We're slowly starting to see a change. And I think Dion is one of the guys that we can say that's, I think, slowly bringing the attention back to football. Absolutely. You know, it's no longer about the band and, you know, whose band is playing what songs and, you know, who's, whose band is liver, so to speak, right. or whose crowd is more hype, you know. Yes. Now it's, it's it's part of the element and the ambiance of the actual game. So you got the game on the field, which is improving. The talent levels got much better through the transfer portal and um, good coaching, a lot better coaching going on in, in, in the HBCU ranks right now. So you have more talent, better coaching, right? Yes. More, more facilities to the guys. Guys are training better and everything. So I think the level of the talent goes up tremendously. And then uh, you add in the bands, makes it for a great event, makes it for a great event. And then we, we, we make it fun. And I see the Eagles are making moves. I see the Eagle add Sue to reinforce that defensive line. Now, is that something to for them to get ready for stopping the Dallas Cowboys if they make that run and understand that they got to stop that run, that the, the run that game that the Dallas Cowboys have? Do the Eagles understand we if we stop that with Pollard and Elliott, this gives us a chance to even reinforce more that, guess what? We can win the NFC East and make that run to the Super Bowl. I think these two acquisitions that the Eagles just made within the last 48 hours, Tony, is specifically for the whole NFL. It's yeah. going against Aaron Jones and, and Dylan, possibly if they were to go up against the Green Bay Packers with a solid run game. It's for McCaffrey and Debo Samuels, who like to run in between the tackles in, in San tackles. Francisco yeah. also, right? So it's basically across the board for the National Football League where they're basically letting people know, plain and simple, up front, we will no longer be getting whipped up front. And now in November, December, and January, Tony, this is what's going to matter most. Who can run the football and who can dominate the line of scrimmage? And you know, we're seeing that. We see the Dallas, we see the Miami Dolphins also, you know, about two weeks made that same type of move. Hey, listen, we got to beep up this defensive line. We got to make sure that. 
going down the stretch of November, the end part of November, going into December, is going to dictate how far teams go. And, and, right. and you're seeing teams load up, and they're loading up at the defensive line position more than anything. Even when we look at the Dallas Cowboys, they still got to figure out a couple of things when it comes to stopping the run. They haven't been able to master that part of their game. And we found out, we saw that Green Bay attack them also with the running game. And we saw the success that Green Bay had with the running game. And a lot of other teams going forward is going to try to attack, guess what? Their weakest point, and I think that weakest part of the Dallas Cowboys is their defensive front. Absolutely, absolutely. Me, you and I discussed it before. Michael Parsons is a great football player, but Michael Parsons is 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 not the same size as the conventional good left tackle as a Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, and guys of this caliber. So, or or David Bakhtiari from Green Green Bay as as another example. So. There's a lot of guys that are going to be coming at the Dallas Cowboys and other teams with yes. sufficient run games inside between yeah. the tackles, you know, and that's where these football games are going to be won now. If we look at the Eagles game the other night, they had 12, 14, 16, 18 play drives against them that basically wore the Philadelphia Eagles out. So if you can't control the time of possession and you can't control the line of scrimmage in the NFL moving forward, especially from November, December, and January, you have a very low chance of, of actually winning football games. And we see – Hey, listen, the Cowboys got a tough one. They got to go to Minnesota. We saw what a strong Minnesota uh, Kirk Cousin. You got that. We saw what he did. You like that? Yeah. You, hey, look, you see it. They're, and they're having fun with this run. That's what I love about Minnesota. They're, you know, hey, they're getting, coach. you played a good game. Listen, you wear the chains, baby. You get on the plane and right. you bob right. and you bob and weave. This is what's making to me. That's making Minnesota that number to me. That when you talk about the NFC, that's making those strides that we can say, hey, this they can go deep in the playoffs. And I could possibly see, and it's hard for me to say this, I could possibly see that as a heck of a matchup. I think the Cowboys Minnesota game is one of the best games this weekend. I actually like the Dallas Cowboys to win the game, though. Here's why. Minnesota Vikings don't really have a sufficient pass rush. Now, if we look at it now, they don't have a dominant sufficient pass rusher that's like a Vaughn Miller type of a guy or, or, you know, Micah Parsons type of guy that's straight game-changing. Now, there's a Darius Smith. He's a very good player and everything, and complimentary guys on the defensive line. But if we really look at it, they're not in the top tier of being able to sack the quarterback, right? So I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to pick and choose their spots and be able to break them down systematically on methodical drives like we just now talking about a moment ago. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to methodically put together some nice drives and beat the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. And a big game for the Cowboys more than it is for the Vikings. And and as you talk about that, that's that's, that's huge for the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to dictate now, as we spoke about when the show first came on, can Dak Prescott, and is Dak Prescott the guy to lead the Cowboys into the future? He's already been there seven, what is it, seven years. He's had seven opportunities, seven years to get it done. And we'll see him in every year like it's seeming to not, it don't get done. So now we're, people are questioning that you haven't, you was paid elite money. Are you truly an elite quarterback or was it just, you was just a quarterback that was just up and you were playing good football? but wasn't playing elite football, but being that the money where the quarterback was at, you was next up. And that was, you know, and that sometimes what kills me 
when it comes to the quarterback position. Next up, takes the higher up. I don't think that should be. And I think that's where Jerry Jones was trying to say, hey, we don't know, but we understand that we got to pay him this type of money. But is he truly a number one? And I think Jerry had something going, but he knew he had to come out and just give up the big money because – at the time, at the time, it yeah. was it was what he had to do at that time, right? But now we fast forward this now two, three seasons later. Dak Prescott doesn't look like the modern day quarterback. Modern right. day meaning Justin Herbert, big arm, efficient, uh, um, accuracy, right? Lamar Jackson, yep. same thing, accurate, can move the ball down the field. Even looking at the, how Justin Fields is maturing, Jalen Hurts is maturing. Patrick These Mahomes. guys are maturing. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. This is the next era of quarterbacks. So now, Hurts. We can't, listen, we can't throw it now. You got Hurts. Yeah, we got Hurts. You know, you yeah. got Hurts. You got Mahomes. You got Herbert. You got a lot of young guys and, and established guys now who are continuously moving, moving like this moving and progressing up the ladder. Yes. Dak Prescott is flattened out now, career wise. You know. know. So, <laughs> He's flattened out because he doesn't have the ability to move his feet well enough, like correct. in terms because of the injuries, and the ankle, yes, ankle injuries and stuff, right? So, so he can't, he, he cannot yeah. dominate the game with his legs. And he doesn't, to me, I don't think a deep, I don't think a defensive coordinator goes into the game with the Dallas Cowboys saying, hey, make sure that this guy does not get out the pocket and, 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 and have ability to run. They know if they just right. keep him in the box. Keep him flushed in, rush up the field. He's not going to be able to slip through. If he slipped through, he's not going to, before we close in, he's not going to be able to pick up number five, five yards. So he's not when you, uh, a little different when you're playing a Lamar Jackson and you're playing a Hearst, guys of that nature. He does not, I'm with you, he does not bring that element to his game to where he really puts you in that fear factor room. And that's why I'm trying to say, is it Dak Prescott that's going to lead the Dallas Cowboys if they get into the playoffs, or is it that defense? Got to be the defense in the run game, Tony. I mean, you cannot throw the ball 42, 46, 48 times yeah. in a football game with this guy. Got to keep him to about 24 to 28 passes maximum and a strong, consistent run game mixed in with that, you know. But if they try to rely on Dak Prescott's arm too much and try to rely on, you know, the, 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 the passing game that Mike McCarthy and – the young boy wonder, you know, uh, that they have <laughs> at, at offensive coordinator, you know, over there, they can get themselves in big trouble. Now, listen, yes. last week they got themselves into a situation where they threw the ball way too much last week, okay, yes. for the first yes. time. They got out of their element. I understand McCarthy was going against his old team, yes. but he did a lot of things wrong coaching-wise, including not going for the field goal in overtime and to throwing the ball too much. Now, Let's 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 back it up to that, and we talk about that. At one point, I said ah, maybe he should have went for the field, but then I said, okay, him. do you trust? And say if we don't make it, I trust my defense. Yes, that's what's got you there. Run. That's what's got you there. See, he thinks that the offense has gotten them there, and that's not what got them there. It's the defense and the run yes. game has been the the, the the staple points of the Dallas Cowboys this year. So the question is, is why is he relying on the pass game and trying to go for it on fourth and four in overtime when all he had to do was try to kick the, 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 the extra the field goal and be able to possibly win the game? Yes. And I think that's – like I said, I think he kind of – if he can play that back, if he can take that back, I think he takes it back. And I think he says to himself, you know what? Ah, 
I think I, I get these three points, or try for these three points at least. If we make it, we're in good position. We're in good shape. But if we Line the defense. Then right. it can be a problem. But we talk about high money, high paying guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about Devontae Adams. Is he happy with the Raiders and the direction that the Raiders are going? Stay tuned here on the Tony Sands Show. We're going to go to a quick commercial break and we're talking. I'm going to say Oakland. We're talking LA Raiders. That's it. That's how you treat like a beast. Whole squad ready. We came here to see Jeff. What you got? Oh. No, 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 not on my watch. No way. Bring what you got, I'm going to the top. You can bring what you got, I'm going to the top. Bring what you got. Bring what you got. I'm going to the top. I'm going to the top. We're back here on Tony Sands and be the man getting it in, talking. What some of the hottest things when it comes to the NFL, we are talking it and bringing it to you. I told you, listen, it's cold where it be at. It's a little chilly where I'm at, but we're going to make sure we bring in the hottest topics to you to keep you warm. Listen, we talked about Jeff Saturday. We talked about what's going on, but what is going on with the Raiders? We thought if they bought Devontae Adams in, it would help lift Derek Carr to a whole nother level. Right. But is it the players or the coaches that is hurting the Raiders? Listen. There's a famous old- line, Tony. They said, is it the X's and O's or the Johnny's and the Joe's? We're going to listen to Devontae Adams. Listen, let's play Devontae Adams soundbite and let's see who's blaming who. What are you feeling right now, Devontae? Same thing as last week. Same thing as all the other weeks. Pretty much. Said, you know, after this one, just in terms of kind of moving forward, making sure everybody kind of stays locked in here. I mean, ain't, ain't no magic message. Just, I mean, what, based, we're going to keep what was said in, in-house. Wasn't nothing crazy, but, I mean, just, you know, we had a conversation we have as a team, and that's kind of that. I don't know. I don't know. What's the message from Josh McDaniels been these last couple of weeks? I mean, it's been the same thing, you know. You know, a bunch of bullshit that just, you know, doesn't allow you to move the ball and have realistic shots at converting. And that's where we lived a lot of this year, and that's what happened. Wow. Now, oh. in layman terms, we would call that throwing the coach where? Under, Under the bus. And backing it up, putting it in reverse, putting it in drive. When, they, when the reporter asked him, what is Josh McDaniels? What is his move? And he said the same old, same old. Can't get the, can't do nothing to get the ball moving. Can't get no progress in the offense. That makes me feel that the offensive players have no confidence in it. And here we go, another what? Guy from Bill Belichick's tree. How and why can't guys from Bill Belichick's tree? develop in other NFL teams and get those guys as if when they were back in New England. There's only one guy that I like in particular is Mike Vrabel. Yes. He doesn't get the props, right? Guys, 20 games over 500 career-wise as a head coach. I mean, 
he deserves the accolades and the props off of the Bill Belichick tree if we're going to talk about anybody deserves it. As you mentioned, most of the guys, 90% of the guys have failed. You know, Eric Mangini, you know, the list goes on. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, you know, with the New York Giants most recently. So we've got a whole list of people who have failed tremendously under the Bill Belichick tree. They just keep giving them a chance because of Bill. But why is what what I'm saying? Just because of Bill. And because of Bill, and if if you're with the dynasty and you're saying, hey, if you call Bill up, just as we saw when when all this stuff went out with the Miami Dolphins and what happened before, hey, listen, if Bill makes the call and say, I back this, these guys tend to hire. They're not saying, can these guys win? Yeah, Flores got a job in the same way. Brian Flores, you know, Got a job. He was a defensive coordinator in the New England Patriots, and he immediately got a job under the guise of Bill Belichick also, and in the same division, by the way. So he does look out for his guys, you know, and he puts them in position to become head coaches. Got to give him his props for that. But now, like you said, once these guys get an opportunity and the keys to the car, they crash the car. But does – so do he truly put these guys in good situations – to be successful coaches. Well, he, Bill is putting you in a position to be a good coach, but it's not his responsibility to make you a good head coach. Right, but 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 what I'm saying by that, but you prepare guys to be the heads when they're up under your system. You don't you prepare gotta, them to be assistant coaches and not and to fall where when they go places. Or unless you're saying unless you stand with me, that's the only way you're going to be successful. And I find that if that's what's being said, no, oh, that's the way you feel. That's 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 kind of something. No, here's the here's the thing. I think it is. I think the X's and O's. All of these guys are talented X's and O's to a degree, Correct. but they're yep. not people persons. They can't okay. run a locker room. Now, see, that's where the Jeff Saturday comes into play. What Jeff Saturday says is, I don't know X's and O's. What the plays are going to be called? I, I, I know I, how to make everybody come together collectively and work cohesively as a group to win this football game, right? So Josh McDaniels has done it with the Denver Broncos. He did it with the Rams, and now he's doing it again with the Las Vegas Raiders, where he's coming in. He's coming in with his philosophy of this high-tech. When I say high-tech, I'm talking about, like, 20 words consummate a play. Yes. Okay? And a lot of times right now what we need is you see a lot of quarterbacks going to the wristband because it's a number and it's a quick read and a quick play on the wristband, and it gets everybody going in motion, and you've got cohesion. When you got a new group of guys now, like with this guy coming in, He's coming in with these long plays, these elongated plays that are difficult to, to schematically run, not easily learned by a lot of players. Right. Okay. So it's a, it's a problem. So now he comes in with his his high-tech offense and everything, and he's not a people's guy. He's basically yeah. blown the locker room, and now the players do not want to play for Josh McDaniels. And one last point, Tony. The Raiders get a little bit of calm. They had their coach. Rich Passaccia was their head coach. He yes, won sir. games. He took them to the playoffs. He dealt with the adversity of John Gruden. He dealt with the adversity of Henry Ruggs killing Henry somebody. Ruggs situation. Yes. He dealt with, with Arnett, the player who was caught on the internet with a gun. So yes. he, he dealt with all of the adversity and still got this team to play and go to the playoffs, and they got rid of it. And, and you get rid of them. And then now you bring in someone from Bill Belichick's tree. And what I think these guys try to do, they got to understand you're dealing with grown men. Right. And I think these guys go in with the attitude that you got to do as I say. You got to walk the line that I want you to walk. Well, this is not New England. This is not New England. And I think these guys have not 
you know, they haven't been successful of a disconnect, okay, that took place in New England. But it won't be able to succeed with the Raiders. Won't be able to succeed with Detroit. It's not going to be able to succeed in these places where these guys go. I just don't see it. And we're seeing it right, fall out right, fall out right in front of us. And if we can't, let's play, we played Devontae Let's play Derek Carr. This is what really makes you see just how much of this way that the Oakland, that the Las Vegas Raiders, I got to get, I'm, I'm, I'm so used to hearing that Oakland. I know. That, ooh, that's when you know there was a football. That was a serious team, football team. Yes. Yeah. So let's, 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 let's listen to Derek Carr and you will see what I'm talking about. Back on Get Up, and yesterday, the sight was still bizarre for all of us. Jeff Saturday on the sideline, and Matt Ryan back under center for the Colts, and then it's Jonathan Taylor off to the races. This offensive line for Indy was a different unit yesterday, firing off the football, then Jonathan Taylor looked like the Jonathan Taylor of old. And so they go for the two and don't get it, so the Colts lead the Raiders 19-14 to the fourth quarter. We go people. Jeff is excited. Receive it! Devontae Adams finding space and taking it in. Yeah, really good climb in the pocket by Derek Carr. He finds the in-breaking route by Devontae, who comes back to the ball, and then he's special within his hands at the end. They go for the two and don't get it. So it's 20 to 19 Raiders. Then it's Matt Ryan. What do we call him, RC? Matty flying. I see you, Matt. It's, it's, like, it's like Matt playing out there. Red bottom. Teeth, greedy. Watch the cutback. Hey, get up there. It's not Matt Ryan. It's... Uh, Rex Ryan. <laughs> That's what we're going 39 yards. Then Paris Campbell, 35 yards. Touchdown. Yeah, inside slant run away from coverage, and all of a sudden the Colts have a lead. 25 20. Yeah. They go for the two and don't get it again. Fourth down now. Raiders' final chance. Carr looking for Devontae. Some contact. No call. No touchdown. Ball game. Jeff Saturday wins his controversial coaching debut. Let's go inside the Indy locker room after the game. It's been a tough week, but uh, we believe and we know in who you are, Jeff. And congratulations. I know you will treasure this, my brother. Appreciate you. (laughs) We all getting balls. Everybody's getting a game ball, man, because we all put it in. Everybody gets a game ball. And my favorite thing about football, Victory Monday. We'll see y'all later. All right, so I'll be honest now. You want to win the locker room? That's a coach. That's you want to win the locker room? He just gave them the day off for those who don't know what that means. Okay, there's so many things I want to react to in here quickly. First off, every one of us loves Jeff Saturday. No one who's ever met Jeff Saturday doesn't love Jeff Saturday. It doesn't mean everyone feels good about the way this thing right. turned out. Yeah. And Rex is a longtime coach. I know you feel that. Yeah, no, I, I just – it's weird because I think the hire is what I scratch my head on, yeah. especially the timing of it and, and – uh, uh, to me, I just know the work that I had to put in to get a job like that. I was blessed to get an opportunity to see guys like a Mike Westoff who coached for 50 years, to see you know a, a whole list of guys that have put in the time, put in the work, and, and you're, you're sleeping in the office two, three times a week and not to get it. This doesn't look like it's hard to do because Jeff steps in, he's, he's in a role, um, and it doesn't look as difficult as it is. Being a head coach in the NFL is unbelievable how hard it is. But I'm happy for Jeff because you're right. There, there's nobody that, that can say a bad word about uh, Jeff Saturday. And I certainly don't look down on Jeff for, for accepting the job. But 
I, I can't tell you how many calls I got yeah. on saying, this is ridiculous. It's a, it's a slap in every coach's face. I love what Jeff Saturday said, though, later. He talked about empowering his assistant coaches, yeah. empowering his players. He knows he can't do the, the head coaching thing right now. But I think I saw a little more fight and a little more spirit in that Indianapolis Colt team than I had the whole season. Oh, by the way, they let him play a, a quarterback who's actually capable of yeah, playing yeah, well, quarterback. That it's a whole other thing. A quick thought from you, Arsene. Yeah, yeah, first off, I'm, I actually felt pride watching that. Like, I'm happy for dude. And I was oh, happy yeah. that he got the job. And I'm yeah. going to tell you all this, too. If they call R.C. Listen. Probably. Not only is he throwing, they're throwing the coach up under the bus, but if we listen a little closer. He said, I wish everybody in there felt like that. That's, so that's telling me there are certain guys that's not coming to work. Absolutely. Or they're coming to work and they're collecting their check, but they're not they're putting in the, the work that he's putting in. Yes. Him. You can see that passion in him. When you see a guy crying, that's deep passion for success. Wanting to win just that bad. When you see Devontae Adams saying what he's saying, these guys want to win. And they don't feel like they're being put in the best situation to have that type of success. You don't listen, that press conference spoke volumes. They are last, and I'm quite sure yes. they're meeting as a players. I'm quite sure they've had a players only meeting at that sure. level and saying, sure. Listen, guys, if you we gotta turn this around. There's no way coming out of last year we would thought that we would see the Raiders in this. Disarray. I mean, you went from a playoff team from to being possibly one of the worst teams in the NFL. In the NFL. I mean, it's just embarrassing what goes on every week, losing 17-point leads. Three times a season, Tony had lost 17-point lead. I mean, that's a historical number right there, you know. And to put it into context for you, I mean, the Raiders were 106-3. and three. 106 wow. wins and three losses in games where they led by 17 points or more. That's crazy. Prior to this season. This season, they already lost three. And it's, no. listen, you can't, listen, you can't, and they know if you want to make the playoffs, you can't continue to run and play football like this if you want to make a run throughout the NFL. It's just not going to happen. It's not no. going to happen. No, where this team is going, I mean, the game against my Denver Broncos this week is a big game for both teams. But, I mean, the Raiders in particular need the game badly. I mean, if they lose to the Broncos, what will people say then? I mean, the Raiders are lining themselves up for the second pick in the draft. And we've already heard, we've already heard Mr. Davis come out and say he backs his coach. Which is bad news for Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, by the way. Yes. But what do you do with, you've paid Devontae so much money. You've guaranteed so much money. So, listen, either they got to figure out how to get this thing meshing and gelling like it's supposed to, or this is a runaway train. Damn, damn bad situation. I mean, if you can't get rid of Carr unless you get rid of Adams too, right? Because, right. I mean, if you leave Carr and you try to trade him or something like that, I don't think how well that's going to sit with Adams, wow. you know? Yeah. So this is, this is like you said, this is a runaway train right now, and I think they got a big problem on their hands. Big problem. A huge the, problem. When, you, when, huge we problem. Look, when we look at that success, we tell ourselves every time, how long can a dis, what we call disarray, because I call it disarray, how long can disarray continue to uh, flourish? Does it, you know, to where now you start dividing the locker room? Because I'm quite sure they, they didn't only call out the coach, they call out players. 
in this thing. They called out guys. There's guys in that locker room. I wish felt the way I feel. Right. And I exactly. played on teams to where guys were like that. And you're saying, come on, guys. I got to get it together, man. This, we're not doing this just to collect the check. We're doing this because we want to continue to be great at our profession. We're not seeing that take place. Hey, right, listen. 13, 13 wins and 24 losses is Josh McDaniel's current record right now. So that goes back to what you said about the Bill Belichick tree. Yes. Some guys are just not successful on it. 13 and 24 does not cut it as a head coach. At all, and just and and we're still talking as because it, it, what brought a lot of this on, I think, and what really, if, when you look at both of those guys, and both of those guys are saying, wait, hold on. On the other side of that sideline, they had a new coach had no experience. And they come in here and they beat us by five? Oh, you kidding Pull the guy out the stands. Come on down out the stands and come through. He was just on, get up, talking about his pancake blocks. And now you bring him out of there, you bring him here, and he come in here and they beat us? And now the Raiders are two and seven, Tony, and it's not looking good right now. I mean, I, I don't know where this season goes for them. And if they lose this Sunday, which I think they will. I think that I think I think McDaniel's gonna have a real problem. Listen, you're saying that it's it's a win win. It's a must win for the Raiders. I'm quite sure Russell Wilson is saying to himself too. Hey, listen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, team, the Broncos definitely need to win this game. They they need it. Russell needs it. The organization needs it. The new ownership needs it. So everybody needs it from the Broncos standpoint. They got to get the win. But I think that we're gonna officially see the Raider players lay down on Josh McDaniels this Sunday now. Because the owner came out and made the statement that he made. The players well, made premature. the decision. I think that premature. was premature right. for him to right. come out. First of all, you and I don't know if he was trying to send a strong message to Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, like, hey, listen, I don't care how much y'all get on this TV and, and cry right. and who and throw him under the bus. The bus stops with me. I made this hire. I'm sticking to it. And I think now you're going to see a clash of owners and players' ego. Well, guess what, owner? The players got to get on the field. Players got to get on the field. And the players are – you're going to see missed tackles like you've never seen, guys out of place. You're going to see all kind of foolishness going on. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos really win this game by about 17 points. Wow. You think you – listen, how do you – I guess as a grown man, I'm trying to figure out that plays football. How do I tell myself – Listen, I don't want to play in this game. I'm gonna go out here, but I'm not fully into this game. How I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I give you a simple example. A guy's got an expiring contract at the end of this season, right? What is he supposed yeah. to put his body on the line? Where Josh McDaniels will not sign him next year? Well, he knows he's not coming back. So you well, know what? This season's lost. I yeah. don't like how the coach treats us and everything. It's Guess over. what? He's gonna try his best to make that tackle, but he ain't going all out to make it. He's not going all out at all to make that happen. He's going to say, listen, let's get this day over with. We're going to let the Broncos win. Hopefully we do this and they let the guy go. We tell, we show owners ownership that guy, this guy's garbage. That's He's it. not fitting in here. Buffalo, listen, Patriot way is not the Raiders way. This organization is ran one way. The Patriots organization is ran another way. Guess what? Until you guys figure that out, we're going to sit here and continue to rack up the losses. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's a bad situation going from a playoff team to a team that will not be making the playoffs in the season who's done already before Thanksgiving. That's yeah. just embarrassing. Now, and, and, and we talk about 
this was done by, you know, I think more brought on by Jeff Saturday. I think the pot blew over with Jeff Saturday to me winning this game. But we we got to understand and be be there's there's guys talking still. There's still organizations trying to dig into the hire, the hire of Jeff Saturday. A lot of people are not still, despite him winning. And I'm glad that he's winning because, like I told you, this is going to draw a sand in the line and in the dirt. You're going to draw a line in the dirt and say, hey, how does this play out in the end? Well, listen, Jeff Saturday wins Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, it's a, it's a done deal. He might get the – okay. He might so get, don't be surprised, yeah. though, is what I'm saying out there to the, to you and to the listeners out there. Don't be surprised if the Colts upset the Eagles on Sunday. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I still got. I, I still go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are are, are strong enough to overcome uh, uh, the loss and, and and come back. And I don't. I don't see them going to. I don't see them losing twice. I don't. Not 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 back to back. So you're thinking that you're thinking that the Colts win this game? No, it's gonna be an upset on Sunday. No, no, I think they got to be an upset. <laughs> Listen, the Colts, the Eagles, the Eagles secondary has been playing okay, but not great. I think right. that that there's gonna be a close game, and I like okay. the Colts by by field goal late. But listen, I'm Indoor. going with it the other way. I'm saying Hurst came into last to this game last. He came in with that fly suit on. You saw him, and he didn't. I love her. I love her. And he didn't get the results that he wanted to get. I think he tell these guys, "This we're going to circle the wagon. We're going to let everybody know that we are truly who they thought we were. We are the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to smash. Go out here and smash mouth Jeff Saturday. Shut all this up about Jeff Saturday. You don't need no experience. We're going to show them that they need experience." Colts defense hasn't played bad all season, really. You know, they've been in almost every football game. I think Matt Ryan is rejuvenated, realizing this is the last step for Matt Ryan right here. This is it. You know, he got benched. He came back now. I think he's got a second wind in him. I think Jonathan Taylor's a lot healthy, and the offensive line is a little bit healthier. Um, I think that they're going to find ways to pick apart that secondary when it counts. Low-scoring game, but again, late field goal indoors but on I, an upset. I, I, I don't see I'm I'm, I'm going this. I'm going straight Philadelphia on that. But then we also talk about the, tonight's game. Thursday night, it's Thursday yeah. night football. We got a game yeah. that's that's getting ready Big to game. be kicking off. Let's let's, Big game. let's let's break this game down. Big game. Yes. I mean, look, listen, Green Bay needs the game desperately. If you look at Green Bay's remaining such portion of the schedule, this is the game that ha- they have to win. They drop this game tonight and the playoff run is probably going to come to an abrupt end. That win on the Cowboys was Sunday. If they lose tonight, it takes the the wind out of the sails and the Cowboys win. They have to complement that Cowboys win they by beating the Texans tonight they, and they be able to get two wins. That's right. But now they're they going up against a strong running game that's got to – listen, Henry's going to play. You do Now you come into a grown man when it comes listen, to – Listen, the Titans get Jeffrey Simmons back at the defensive tackle position. I expect him to play really well. I think he's going to be, you know, he's probably the best defensive tackle in the league, or if not, yeah. besides, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Donald. Jeffrey Simmons is an outstanding defensive tackle. So, yes, they play stout defensive um, against the run. However, the, the, the secondary is a little banged up. And I think Aaron Rodgers will play action pass. 
and a little bit of running, I think he's going to find some ways to win the game. And he's home on a short week. I like I'm, I like the Packers. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm going short week. I'm a running back. I love running backs. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to Titans. I'm going Titans on this. I, I, I think the Titans come out and they come out playing, setting, setting the tone that, listen, this is who we are. We like the smash route. You look at Derrick Henry, uh, 200 carries right now in the season with over nine, almost close to a thousand yards rushing, uh, with with nine touchdowns. I, I don't see their defense stopping the run game of the Tennessee Titans. I don't see it. You know what's interesting is last week he had 19 carries for 53 yards against the Broncos, and he wasn't successful in no touchdowns last week. I mean, I think the thing about I love Derrick Henry a lot. No, he will have some success. He will have some success. But the problem I think comes is on long down situations, third down or second and long. Yes. The Tennessee yes. Titans just don't have enough weapons on the outside to beat Jael Alexander and some of the talented players in the Green Bay Packers secondary. So I think they're going to struggle when it comes to passing. So that's the question is, is can they get the tight end involved and can they be able to move the ball effectively in the passing game? Because I, I don't know if I they're going to be able they, to do it in the run. Listen, I'm going to tell you, Tennessee is going to make a statement. Me as a running back, and I'm quite sure they're, hey, listen, they, they kind of slowed me down last week. This week I got to come out and I got to smash them in the mouth to let them know, hey, he's 77 yards away from 1,000 yards. What a team to have 1,000 yards on? The Green Bay Packers. Where at? Lambeau Field. In Lambeau Field. It's going to be cold now. Right. It's good. And, and those, you tend to go to Lambeau at this time of the year when it's this cold. That, you know, that's the only thing that I'm giving Green Bay the favorite in because of where they're playing at, they're playing home, and the degree of the weather up north, how cold it is, this cold front is coming through, it's forcing the NFL to change where games are being played at. But listen, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. I think we have enough. I think they have enough to get this game under control and to win the ball game. Watch out for Rudy Ford, that kid that made two interceptions last week for the Green Bay Packers, man. That kid was outstanding, Rudy Ford, last week. That ah, Alexander. Come on, come on. Was it more Rudy Ford or was it just Dak Prescott not a little bit of both. in the right spot? It was a little bit of both. Rudy Ford Dak played Prescott up was, Listen, uh, one of those, he was what? Like, Dak, who are you throwing to? Don't listen. You're not going to see that tonight. I guarantee you won't see that tonight against – these guys, listen. But also, guess what? We got a game going on here on Saturday in Orlando, which brings me to Orlando. We're talking about HBCUs. We're talking about FAMU and Bethune could because when we talk about the state of Florida, and a lot of people don't understand this, FAMU was the first college in the state of Florida to win a national championship. The history, deep, rich history of FAM. And Bethune here in the state of Florida goes deep, even when it comes to the classics around the country, and there are so many. But this is going to be an exciting game. It draws out people from all over the state, north, south, east, and west. When it comes to the Florida Classic, the Florida Classic is where you need to be if you're in South Florida. But let's break that game down. When I look at that game, I'm going to go more with fam you in this. I like what fam is doing. As a unit, they didn't, you know, farewell against Jackson State, but not too many teams farewell against Jackson State. But I'm going to go 
in this game. I'm going uh, FAMU. FAMU also a big game for FAMU. Listen, I mean, Florida A&M is 6-1 right now. Yes. This is a must-win game if they want to keep up with Jackson State still, right? So ah, at the yeah, end of the day, yeah. I'm just, they keep I'm just up saying. With them. They keep up with them record-wise, but not on the field-wise. Listen, I was, I was present that game. That's it. But I'm saying, I'm saying, if they want to, if they want to keep, if they want to keep moving up the ladder, they got to win this game to keep yes. up with Jackson State, so to speak, of being right underneath Jackson State. To... Also, too, I mean, look, you know, if if Fam wins this game, they would have a better record than anybody in, on on the western side of the SWAC conference. Right. Yes. Right? So that's yeah. an impressive way. So the only thing they really would technically be behind record-wise is the loss to Jackson State. Right. So, you know. That's the only thing that separates. Yeah. Undefeated at home, you know. So, you know, why not? You know, the Florida a and this is a big game for them. They statement yeah. game. They could really make a statement and show and the I, swack and the rest of the teams that they're serious business. And I'm glad to see the way – I'm glad to see how they're playing football in spite of what happened earlier in the season. Yes, I agree. No, we talked about that. Yeah, all the things that went on, academics, guys suspended right before games, do they got to cancel games? And to see that these guys galvanize themselves together and say, guess what? We don't care about what's going on in the outside. And I had a chance to talk to some of those guys off record, and that's what they said. Listen, Coach, we are a team, and all people that's going to believe that we can get this stuff done are the guys within this locker room. And that's all we care about. And I was like, I, listen, I understand. I played the game of football, so I understand where you guys are coming from. And he said, I guarantee you, we are, and they, that's going into that Jackson statement. We are going to come out. We're going to play hard. And our season is not going to dictate what's taking place this week uh, with us, with the academic situation. And I think they came out and proved that in, in, in here in, in, in Florida and Orlando. I think I'm I'm a I'm gonna give fam and I hate when these games become blowouts because it it, it clears the stadium out a little right. early. Right. You know, the first two half they'll stay into it. If it becomes a blowout early, they're gonna stay into it right before the third quarter starts because they're gonna stay and watch the band. Even in the band wise. Now, band wise, <laughs> it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But I'm gonna give that to the marching one hundred also. I'm gonna give right. that to band also. I'm gonna go with Florida A and M, forty-two. Oh, Boone Cookman, seventeen. Oh, you put it. Listen now, you gotta understand this is a rivalry game. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, game, but the talent level in Florida A and M is on a different level. I think. I think Florida A and M with the recruiting and now getting the transfer portal thing worked out with the yeah, young the kids that they got that transfer portal yeah. that we talked about week one on the Tony Sands show. Um, I it think is, that. They got that thing worked out now, and I think that you're going to see the differentiation of talent is going to really show up. But Don Cookman is having a tough season this season, so I think that maybe next year they'll be a little bit better. But right now, it's Florida and them. They went on the field and they win the battle of the bay. Oh wow, it's going. It's, listen, clean sweep, Florida and them. It's going. Listen, it's, and we are hoping that the temperature gets in the seventies because the festivities oh. around that stadium, the festivities that takes place. Around the Citrus Bowl, it's unbelievable. We'll get there. I'm listen. I'm tailgating myself. That's why. Listen, we get here early. We get. We have to leave the house. We leave here at about five thirty to get there. Get it started early because everybody up north can't do this. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I, all the football I played and I played at you know 
I've never tailgated at games until I started following this classic was the first right. time that I wanted to tailgate. You know, my brother-in-law comes along. He do a, he does a pretty much, uh, I would say, 70% of the cooking. He's a great chef. He does 70% of the food. What was that grills out early? That's all that matters. Well, listen, we eat breakfast to have our lunch. Then we come back to the house for dinner. But listen, we have our music out there. We're playing with. And and listen, I'm telling you, I'm HBCU crazy now. I want to see so many other HBCUs like the Jackson States, uh, the right. Tennessee States, the Bethunes, the Fams, Grambling, Southern, Alabama State, Alabama M. And we're going to find out who's SWAT, Dion SWAT. Right. And he's got, he's finally gotten, as we talked about, He's finally gotten to me and where we understand, I still say it's kind of tough to, he's swack, but it's right. swack. But you remember what different. I told you? Remember what I said to you before? I remember it what you said. Long, it won't be long before Mr. Sanders is offered big prime time opportunities. And as he's already turned Auburn down, Auburn is already emailing, calling over there. This- I knew Auburn wasn't. I knew Auburn wasn't a fit for Dion. No, it wasn't Auburn a fit, but 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 it's just the it's, it's just the, it's just the direction of where it's going with the hype to be able to get Deion Sanders a coaching job on a premium level. He deserves it. He's earned it, and there's going to be some big time schools calling him in. Okay, now let's let's get back to let's go back, and this is what brings me back to Jeff Saturday. But before we do that, and and, and we, if we can, let's play the Fritz Paul. This is why I'm saying what I'm saying about Dion. And now, does Dion start questioning? Can I go to the NFL and do it even better than Jeff Saturday? But let's listen to this quick video bite and, and, and let us see what they're saying about Jeff Saturday and why it is so many of guys like Dion Sanders who's been waiting. I'm quite sure to get to the pro level than he would at the college level, a chance. Let's listen to that sound, buddy. If we can pull that one up. Join us right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. He's a former NFL general manager, now the executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, which works to ensure equal opportunity in the football industry. Pleased to be joined by Rod Graves. Rod, thank you very much for making some time for us here today. Uh, how are you doing as you come up on a, uh, a very busy time of year for you? Well, I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, been looking forward to being on today, and uh, things are going fairly well. Uh, just a bit disappointed in the process uh, exhibited over the last several days um, uh, with the hiring of, of Coach Saturday. Tell me about this, Rod. And, and by the way, it is strange to hear you call him Coach Saturday, a title that uh, 48 hours ago definitely did not exist. Uh, the Rooney Rule, which, of course, is just one of many uh, policies that are in place here, does not apply to interim coaches. However, a point that I've, I've made on NFL Network over the past couple of days is the comment by Jim Irsay saying Jeff Saturday was the only person for the job is kind of exactly why the Rooney rule exists in the big picture, which is to prevent people from just saying, I know this one guy 
He's the one without considering different viewpoints, different candidates. As you watch this play out, and I don't know if you had any advance notice, Rod, of what the Colts had planned, but what what was going through the mind of yourself uh, and your constituents that you represent? Well, Tom, let me first say that owners have a right to select whoever they choose to lead their clubs. And uh, it remains to be seen, obviously, whether Mr. Ursay made the right decision for his organization. Only he uh, has the, 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 the understanding and the right uh, for that decision, and, and he made it. My issue, and, and with those that uh, I represent as part of the executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, is in the process. Um, we can talk for quite a while about the insensitivity and the disregard for people who have devoted their entire careers to the profession. Uh, It's especially hurtful to coaches of color who have found that the road to head coach positions has been, you know, long filled with obstacles. But again, we could talk, you know, for a good amount of time with respect to that. My issue is with the league's inconsistency on the question of hiring and fair opportunities. Uh, the, the league has a policy uh, which is known as the Equal Opportunity Employment Policy, which promises fair, open, and competitive hiring practices. Uh, I do not believe that the hiring of an interim coach should be excluded from that policy. You heard it. And the one thing that you heard in that is that hiring an interim should not eliminate that rule and that policy because if we start that trend, what they tried to get into by implementing the Rooney Rule will be eliminated. And that will be the way to curtail that situation to say, okay, I'll go and hire an interim, and I don't need, I don't need to follow the Rooney rule because it doesn't in play. This guy has success, a higher in season, and it's over. So it's just not a slam dunk situation. It's a it's a it's 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 a convoluted situation, especially with the Rooney rule and the way that it's it's constructed, the way that it was written, it's not the way that it was applied. And now that it's gotten so far down the road now, it's it's confusing. Um, I don't think anybody understands what actually the Rooney Rule, how it works. Yes. And relates to current, the current workplace right now. And are we seeing it actually in play and working? Um, so that that's where the big discussion comes into play is, is that the rule is existing, but it's not being implemented in the way that it was written. So we got a big problem with that. And I think Jeff Saturday's situation makes it bad for him because Jeff is not – He's been picked on a little bit, but it's not really we're picking on him. We're picking on the process. The process. process. It's the process. The process that everybody's talking about. Yeah. In other words, you can't you 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 can't have a person. Another person wouldn't get the same opportunity. Let's just say as Jeff Saturday gotten to be able to be a head coach in that situation. Because the first person that would come to my mind that if we're looking at this would have been a guy like Deion Sanders. Right, and he was the type of person that was told by Florida State, and many people like myself, even included, thought that, hey, maybe he needs to get a little bit more experience before he gets a big Florida State job. The point is, is that other people don't get the same opportunity to in these 
one-off situations yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah. others were getting was one-off. Other yeah. people are told, listen, you will have to climb these 12 steps and pass yeah, these yeah. nine different levels before yeah. you're able to be able to be awarded yeah. the, these things possibly, right? And I didn't say you would be. I said possibly. Possibly yeah. have. Possibly. But then when now Jeff Saturday comes, he skips all 12 steps. He's right. at the top step. And guess right. what? This is what's going to bring it. We got, hey, listen, they're telling us we got a minute left. Like I told you, we're going to bring it to you hot, but we're going to leave you with some nuggets of knowledge. Listen, when things go wrong and things go awry, they'll play themselves out one day. And in this situation, if Jeff Saturday continues to win, the NFL will have something that they got to look at and rethink and reevaluate and hopefully that it open doors for those of minority that are trying to get that opportunity and have been told so many times over and over again that they're not qualified. Well, Jeff Saturday has showed how much qualifications do you need to play to coach a game that you have played all your Put life. Put in my resume to be the Broncos head coach. If they fire our coach, I'm going to be the head coach. There you go. <laughs> you do qualify. Listen, we're signing off here from Orlando, Florida, Florida Classic Weekend kicking off with the Tony Sands Show. Let's have fun, V. Let's, let's watch some Thursday night football. Yes, sir. Enjoy it. Sign it up. Yes, sir.